You're listening to Very Loose Women. Listeners, this is Very Loose Women on Resonance FM. You're listening to me, Soila. I am presenting Very Loose Women alone today. Um, Leo and Catherine are not here, but I do have regular guest, Christina. Hello. And I have our actual guest, tonight's guest is Jay Crosby. Hi. And um, he's the founder slash editor of Peach Fuzz, um, which is a queer-led arts and cultured journal um, based in Manchester. But before we talk about Peach Fuzz, um, as ever, we're going to talk about a celebration and a frustration from the week. Um, I've got a couple of things I need to get off my chest. Um, I realised that last week I didn't give an update as to how my New Year slash Christmas has gone. Um, so I'm kind of going to double, I'm going to do a double thing. So, so you're going to do two celebrations and two frustrations? Um, n- well... No, actually, okay, I won't yeah, one just hour. do it. Um, well, my uh, my celebration, I guess. Well, from last week, it was that I got a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. I'm very excited. Um, it's massive. Yeah, oh, yeah. My guests have seen said we tattoo. Have. So, what is it though? It's, it's she's like a, a witchy. So it's like a witch. She's um, like drinking a, a bottle of potion. She's ha- holding a skull. Right. Um, she's got some juniper berries around her. Um, so I'm really into witching and witching, <laughs> um, witches and things like that. So um, she was my my entry into double digits in terms of tattoos oh yeah mm-hmm. 10 um 10 she's number 10 um the frustration i have from this week and i guess from last week is that last week it was immensely painful and this week it started to itch and for the people who have had tattoos would know that it the itching is almost unbearable um so i've been like patting myself like a because I can't, you can't scratch yeah, it. Yeah, because then it, it fades in. And yeah, it yeah. So, <laughs> so I've just been patting my leg constantly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my celebration slash frustration of yeah. the, the the week gone by. Okay. When did you get the tattoo? I got it last Wednesday before the show. So when I came onto the show, I had this bandage and it was like all bloody and stuff like that, oh. which is <laughs> tasted. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what was my celebration again? Oh, the mattress. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, I got a new mattress today, and it is a exp- it's the most I've ever spent on. I don't actually think I've ever had a first hand mattress before. All my mattresses have been second hand. <laughs> like, I mean, who buys mattresses? It's just really weird. But um, it's not really weird. I, I don't it's normal. <laughs> it's just I don't know. You just kind of inherit mattresses, and then you kind of just keep them for like years and years and years when you move into flats and stuff. But yeah, I bought a really nice, um, uh, like sealy kind of mattress, and mm. it's supposed to be really good for the back. And I think I'm getting <laughs> to the age now where I'm going to start having back problems. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And I think my frustration. 
was the, definitely the food poisoning that I got last week that is still not completely gone. Okay. I'm not going to go into the details because it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Jay? Okay, so <clears throat> I think my celebration would be which doesn't sound like a good celebration, would be ditching my best friend's birthday to stay at home and watch a Netflix series and finishing it in one night. Binge. You binge what is, watching. What's the series? American Vandal. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> which was completely unbeknownst to me. We just decided to watch what's it. What's it about? <sighs> I've explained this like live on radio. <laughs> it's like a true crime thing about a guy that draws loads of dicks on cars. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Sold. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> And I literally binged like nine episodes Would just you nonstop. You, so you recommend Highly it? Highly recommend it. Okay, because I'm totally. looking for a new show. What there was it called again? American Vandal. American Vandal. And my frustration would be, I think you share this one with me, okay. would be my boyfriend's house's stairs. Oh my God. Because <laughs> they're lethal and I fell down them and I'm still, I've recovered, but I still think about the injury a lot and I know you fall down too. Yeah, so well, um, when I very first met Jay, um, uh, it was at our friend's house and I've got a new house and it was that housewarming party and I walked in and my entrance was just collapsing down these stairs. Like, hello, I'm here. Um, so yeah, I do I do share your frustration. Yours was more graceful than mine though. Oh. <laughs> Far more graceful. Your, your story was all grim but hilarious. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, okay, well... <laughs> As a, as a segue from pain, um, we're going to talk about um, peach fuzz and um, Jay and what Jay does. So for our listeners, um, here's a bio, if you like, of what peach fuzz is, um, which I've taken from their first issue, and I'll, I'll read this out for you. So it's a Manchester-based queer-led journal that represents the intersection between academia and lived experience. Curated by academics, poets and culture junkies, Peach Fuzz hopes to create a journal that will bridge the gap between academia and activism, and we hope to document creatively and non-creatively the modern queer experience with all its complexities and contradictions. So um, I'm queer myself, and those of you who listen to the show will know how often um, we on Very Loose Women discuss our queerness and our experiences as part of the LGBT community. And reading through Peach Fuzz, um, there are some very powerful insights into the community and into the intersectionality of the queer experience. So, Jay, um, why did you create Peach Fuzz? So it like existed in like a variety of different forms before it actually became Peach Fuzz. Mm -hmm. And it was an idea that I bandied about with a few mates when we were drunk, like over the space of like a few months. And then just a few, maybe like 18 months ago, my professional life came to a little bit of a halt, <laughs> just a little bit of a dry spell. What happened? Um, so basically I was just finished my master's and I was expecting to go straight onto a PhD and that didn't quite happen. So I was like, right, what do I do now? I'm unemployed. I've done like 101 job applications and got one interview, which got rejected nice. from. Oh, so, <laughs> nice. Um, wow. Oh, no. Amazing ratio. Um, so I was like, right, I'm setting this up. I'm yeah. just going to do this and get as many people on board as possible and give myself a hobby instead of doing job applications. Which and, and Peach Fuzz was born. And it was born, yeah. And why is it called Peach Fuzz? Um, so basically, I think that was... <laughs> I was like, I've been resenting the idea of this question because it's such a ridiculous thing. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, for me, it was like a placeholder title. It was never supposed to be called Peach Fuzz. It was supposed to have like a more profound or like, I don't know, interesting name. And me and my brother were watching a, mo like a movie on Netflix. And it was about this like sociopathic white guy that was like determined to have his voice listened to and everyone had to hear his voice. 
and he like got a guy to film him as his like dying memoir. Turns out to be a nut job and kills people. And his alter ego was called Peach Fuzz. And we found it quite funny, the idea of like having this thing called Peach Fuzz. And we're like, oh, it'll be a placeholder name, we'll be fine. 18 months later, it's still not really a placeholder name. It's kind of the thing. So we've just kept it as that. I mean, someone thought it was named, I named it after myself because of my mustache, which was like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that someone thought I'd be like that genuinely narcissistic. Jay's mustache is peachy yeah. and fuzzy. Yeah, and they're like, did you name that after yourself? Like some sort of weird vanity project. Um, well, I mean, what is, it's definitely not a vanity project, but what would you say Peach Fuzz is for you? What does it mean for you to be the editor, the creator, the... It's, I will... I hope it is, but what I really want it to be is like a viable publishing platform for people from marginalised backgrounds to be like, this is a way to get on the ladder Mm. of being a poet or a creative writer or an academic or an artist. This is a way for me to be heard in a way that I wouldn't usually get heard by traditional sort of standards of publication or academia. So that's my sort of, well, mine and I think the rest of our aim is to make sure this is a platform for people to be heard on, Mm, on their own terms. I mean... There are a, a couple of kind of queer and LGBT, um, not journals um, like Peach Fuzz, but there are a couple of outlets um, like um, Pink News and well, Pink is News that what is you a uh, kind of yes, um, but I've never seen anything like Peach Fuzz. Yeah. Um, why? Because it, it bridges a gap between academia and <laughs> activism. Yeah, I'm interested in in this thing about. Um, how um, Peach Fuzz takes um, activism and kind of political um, expressions and things like that and kind of your more academic, rigorous writing. How does it, how does it bridge that gap? I think just as simply as placing them side by side is just... A, I'd like to think in sort of a sort of snobby way that's quite a powerful statement because mm-hmm. when I was studying my master's, there's a lot of topics that... Well, this is one of the places that Peach Fuzz came from as well was you'd be writing something and you'd get like three quarters into an essay and you'd submit it and they'd be like, hmm, I think it's a little too gay. I don't think you can write this. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. That- like a legit thing. I was told by a lecturer I couldn't write on like power dynamics between um, gay couples in terms of like tops and bottoming right, right, right. because it's not an academic subject. Yeah. And this is when I was doing like a gender and sexuality <laughs> masters. I'm like, this is definitely in the right terrain. Like gay sex is definitely in like the right academic sphere. Yeah. And so making a journal where these things can coexist in the same space yeah. and be seen as as valid as each other, I think is just as important as like taking sides, if that makes sense. So, so basically like writing about topics that you weren't really allowed to write about in an academic way, but in an academic way. way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, you that's can... cool. Why is it important then for the gay community, the LGBT community to have spaces like these? In I mean, I guess you could say, um, as per my last example. Yeah, well, I mean, aside from that, I mean, I find what, from higher higher education, there's such an attainment gap between, you know, usual middle class, white, privileged people that go into it, Mm. and people from sort of marginalised backgrounds, whether that be LGBT, female voices, BME, there's an attainment gap between... They're just their grades. They're not not doing as well as they should be, because especially when you're doing something as subjective as, like, identity politics mm. if your identity politics doesn't fit into a, the rigorous view the rigorous lens of academia then you can lose marks and you can't you might not be able to get the grades that you want to just by writing what you want to yeah so yeah so spaces like this are really important to be able to be like actually your work is valid yeah. your voice is yeah. valid and like you can 
do what you want. And we really hope with Peach Fuzz that we're not just hiring or getting artists that are like at the peak of their sort of form. Mm. We want people to be encouraged to be like, right, this is like something that's new to me, but I want to share it. Yeah. And that's just as worthy as like, I don't know, Grace and Perry jumping something in my inbox, <laughs> which I would still print. I would be <laughs> over the moon, but it wouldn't, but also it kind of, it's a space for everybody. Mm. And are your, because the journal is Manchester based, would you say that your contributors are based in Manchester or is it more international? Yeah, who, who are your contributors? How do you find people to contribute to your magazine? Or do they come to you? They come to, well, it's it's a weird one because at the first it was like, how are we going to get people to like yeah. find this? Like, what are we going to do? I'm sure you had probably a We had a like a few people, yeah, we had a few people who were interested, but then it just came from like making connections at charities. Yeah constantly being on social media like I think the best piece of advice I ever read was use social media and just ask for it because yeah. all that can happen is say, you say no so yeah. we would just put our feelers out there at all times like non-stop and people would just come to us and for the first issue it was more like asking people to donate stuff to us we found the second issue it's been more people like what can I give to you I want to give something to you like what, mm. how can I get involved which has been like a really like surprising change it means less work for me as well which is really nice <laughs> And that's like baggy emails, which is also great. <laughs> so you, you edit it and you design the entire magazine? Yes. That's, yes. And do you have outside help or anyone? Yes, so we have, there is a collective of us who all do like a variety of different things, yeah. but we have two other sort of, well, we have two other editors and they, one's a features editor and literary editor. Mm-hmm. And then we have like an assistant editor who just kind of like helps me with everything when I'm like bitching in the WhatsApp group, like send help <laughs> immediately. They're usually there for me. And then we have people who help with the, who've like taught me in design and like will contribute to the InDesign. And we've recently just got somebody who's doing the graphics for the next issue. So there's like a group of us that all like yeah. kind of contribute, but it's all on my laptop and it's just kind of me with this one portable thing <laughs> doing it and then being like, how do I send it to other people to send for help? I hope you're <laughs> saving it on the cloud or something. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Like Google Drive, everything. <laughs> like everything. It's yeah. like my big nightmare. It's like someone's going to just leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be so... It'd be awful. I'd cry. <laughs> so um, issue one focused on the queer body mm-hmm. um, as your first topic. Why would you say that was your first topic as opposed to, I don't know, something else? Can you explain the queer body? Oh, that's um, a good question. Yeah. Um, so we chose <laughs> the queer body initially because it was academic enough to <clears throat> give Peaches that sort of like, okay, we're out the door, this is an academic thing. But it's also broad enough that people can interpret it in the way they want and bring, like, a creative element to it. The queer body would just be anything from, like, when you're studying, like, it could be, the way we looked at it was, like, when I was doing my master's, would be in the terms of film, how bodies are filmed in whether it be, like, porn or sex scenes or film and how you can sort of, like, how that can be queered through the camera. That's the way that I was looking at it. That's so interesting. That's where I was looking at it. So if I was to contribute to Beach Fuzz, it would be, like, an academic essay on sort of, like, film and that. Yeah. So that's kind of going back to what you're saying. That's kind of why we chose the queer body, because Mm. we knew some academics would be interested in donating their work on the queer body, like sociology essays on gender and stuff. And then there's also artists that wanted to explore that. Like, in the sense, if anyone's ever read it, the centrepiece is a huge mural of, what's basically an orgy of like with different people so there was like and then there was personal essays so there was like a lot going on but under one lens that was still academic enough to be seen as a sort of our selling point yeah. if that makes sense yeah, I, yeah I mean it's I suppose it's 
your Peach Fuzz is for a queer audience. Yeah. But how would you want to kind of branch that out to to a straighter audience? I mean, I think it's... It sounds pretty accessible to everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the ideas are very, really interesting. What is, and so what is the cover of the second... Sorry, what is the cover of the second issue? So the cover of the second issue is going to stay under wraps because... I'm super happy with it, how it's embargoed. turned out. Yeah, it's embar- embargoed by myself. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, we are opening it up to other people. Our aim is to make it as as broad as possible, but also to look after those who need this thing and need peach fuzz rather than people that can benefit from just regular press print in any mm-hmm. other day, in any, yeah. other, in any other walks of like life. So, it, but it is a very queer publication from everything down to the contributors to the way it looks we yeah. try and make it as gay looking as possible to make it as just to keep to our ethos at all given times to keep to our roots yeah you're not ashamed of who you are it's like you know what the magazine yeah, is yeah and it's gay as hell yeah yeah and that's I love fine. it but do you I mean if uh, someone who was straight turned around was like can I write this what would you say I'm not sure. This is like a this is something. This is like a moral debate that I've had with myself for a very long time. It's okay. not. Is it, I think if there, if you're from a marginalized background, mm. like you are a woman, regardless if you're queer, mm. if you're you know BME, if you're LGBT, you can contribute. My my hesitation will always be for straight white men <laughs> to continue to pump their media into it, and it's like, oh no, look another op-ed about what really is consent <laughs> or something like that. We don't want that. We want voices from people that are often not heard or just sidelined by the media or academia or art. These are the voices that we want to promote. So we were looking in the first issue that it was very, very queer, the sort of contribution base. But the second issue, it's been a variety of like people. We've had like we've had like heterosexual women. Mm-hmm. We've had but it's still like very, very like largely queer as well. Mm. So we have we are starting to expand our sort of horizons but still keep to our ethos or as much as we like want to and can. I think the thing that um, really was quite striking in the first issue is how um, I think there's an interview with a, a black rapper um, yeah. and then there's also um, there's a couple of pieces which look at the the uh, amalgamation of being um, a person of colour and also being queer. Mm. And I think what I didn't expect, I suppose, is when... I come into contact with a lot of kind of more mainstream queer media. It's still very kind of white gay man. Mm. Um, and I think with Peach Fuzz, I didn't get that at all. And that's why I enjoy that <laughs> you're like beaming. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed that element of it. It doesn't just kind of look at the white gay man experience. It looks at the whole experience, what, however we perceive it or however those people experience it. That's really, like, that's made my day. Thank you. <laughs> I need to get a copy of this. Yeah. Um, is, is it is it monthly, weekly, six months, six, Every six months. Right, cool. We have publications like Hello Mister, and they're great. And yeah. They're yeah. great. Like, I'm not going to drag Hello Mister. <laughs> I love it. But they cater to one type of voice, usually. Mm. And my big thing with Peach Fuzz was, like, no. Like, everyone we can, every voice we can get involved with this we shall get involved in, like we can't really you can't claim it's a community when there's only one type of voice from that community yeah. being heard yeah like it's not going to be something as colorful sounding as peach fuzz if there's just 
loads of white gay yeah, men white, contributing to it. White middle class gay Yeah, man. I mean, I am a white middle class gay man. Like, I'm going to drag myself, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that this, my magazine has to be based off my life. Yeah. That's There's too much of that. That's not, that's no, it's no fun. Yeah, that's fair enough. How can people who, well, firstly, how can people contribute if they want to contribute? But secondly, how do you reach out to maybe m- more marginalised voices? So we made a really big, like, effort with the first issue to we make a really big effort with the first issue to basically be like we worked with loads of charities so we did things like go to Manchester's LGBT foundation and we worked for Spark which is their trans their trans event on a Saturday and we would basically promote it at every charity event we could for like yeah. different parts of the community so everyone kind of got like a fair outreach chance to do that we did um, for a while in Manchester I was doing outreach classes as well as part of mm. um as part of this as well, so we'd meet a variety of people there, and then I would be like, by the way, I do this. Like, if you feel comfortable doing this, tell your friends. And we just found that, like, by accessing every part of the community and just spreading the word, yeah. people were quite willing to like bring in and pull it in. Yeah. Instead of just going to like I don't know your gay uni friends and be like, yeah. everyone contribute because you would just be getting the same type of voices yeah. do involved. You, do you have to be an academic to contribute? No. Or is it just anyone that can write? Anyone that can write and anything. So yeah, if you have a voice, we do. We take on academic essays, personal essays, right. poems, poetry, literally anything that can be printed, we take on. Okay. Like the second issue currently doesn't have an academic essay. We have a personal essay. We have two personal essays instead. Mm-hmm. So it's not every issue is not going to be academic based, but yeah. it is a foundational pillar of something we'd want to do. I see. And we it's like not just writing as well. You have art and yeah. photography. But, yeah, do you have photography? Yeah, but. I mean, the second issue is... It's mainly art. It's mainly art with a few personal essays. And we want to mix it up every issue. Like, yeah. we have, like, a few things we will always contribute, like, always have in the journal. But we always want to mix it up as well. And so it's not just the same format every six months. It's yeah. something new. It's something exciting. And every issue is generally different. Yeah. And what's the... So if the first one was on the queer body, what's the topic of the second one? So it's on mental and physical health. Okay. Which is a broader topic and it's less academically inclined from the sounds of it, but it's more open to a sort of like creative like interpretation, I guess. So that's probably why we've not had as many sort of mm. academic essays, but we've had so much artwork and poetry and prose and like personal essays, which has been like really, really nice. So is every every um bi monthly magazine um journal themed? Yes, for the time being. I think. Oh, that's yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah, really it gives it gives people like a laser sharp focus yeah. of like what they want to contribute, and any work that we don't decide to take on for that issue, we bank. Yeah, and we're like, we'll come back to this when there's an issue that's relevant. Yeah, and again. if you build up enough, then you can just make a separate. Make, yeah, make a separate issue. Yeah. Like we're planning to make like a best of or bits that weren't included as well, so people, everyone's work will be published at some point. It's yeah. not like we're just going to pick all the great artists and leave everyone behind. Like their work is saved, and it will be will be used again, which yeah. is really, really exciting. With regards to kind of, especially this, the health issue, um, do you, th- is there space for Peach Fuzz to be kind of more political or take a political stance, if you like? Because um, when you read um, rates of self-harm and suicide and depression among um, LGBT, particularly transgender um, people, it's, it's, Tragic. Mm. Um, so, do you think that with or through kind of expressing these voices, there might be a way to try and, even if it's a very small, even if it's just one person, to try and help them on that journey? 
Mm. I think inherently Peach Fuzz just as an entity is political. Like, we might not go out there and write peace, like, like necessarily, like, obviously politically driven pieces, yeah, yeah, yeah. but its sheer existence is political. Like, it contains, like, radical yeah. self-love, radical, like, ideas about mental and physical health. We make sure we interview activists who will provide another insight into topics that people may not go into, like, look at from another point of view. Like, one of our entities for the next issue talks about the intersection between the police system and mental health, and we have, like, mm. a big old discussion with the activists about that. So just those discussions themselves are inherently political, but we don't market ourselves as like this is a political journal yeah. in and of itself. We just believe it's, it's a radical journal. Yeah, it's, it's sheer existence yeah, is radical. Is. That kind of hit that hits home. I think particularly today because I got a message off Leo today, who is in Tunisia, and she's interviewing someone um, who is in the LGBT community, and it's illegal in Tunisia. And I think it was. Um, I don't think she realised um, what we were talking about today. Yeah. But it was that kind of, it's still something which is not, it's legal. You know, illegal. love it's is illegal. illegal. Yeah. yeah. In places. Well, of, certain types of love is illegal. You just, just see what I mean? And it's, it's like, because we are able to have these discussions and have spaces for this, but there's still, you know, lots of um, antagonism towards queer people. Yeah, of course. Mm. There's always going to be somewhere in the world. But as radical as Peach Fuzz may be, it's also a privilege to be able to have something like this that can exist and be like known as radical, but can exist in the in sort of spheres of influence. Yeah. And not be shut down and yeah. not yeah. be linked to some sort of heinous hate crime yeah. that would exist. So I, we have to be aware that despite how, you know, yeah. self-identifyingly radical this is, mm. it is also a product of privilege of living in a society that whilst is still pretty awful towards gay people and marginalised voices... Allows us a little bit of leeway to do what we want mm-hmm. with press. So how do we? How can we all help to kind of promote these? Besides kind of promoting Peach Fuzz, um, how can we promote these marginalised voices in terms of allowing them to come to well, the forefront of discussion? The existence of Peach Fuzz just promotes marginalised voices. Yes, but ha- what more can we do? Buy my magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Help. Support financially. Yes, yeah, send us money. Um, no, what you can do is listen. Yeah. And that's a key thing. I think it's so easy to see voices, marginalised voice experiences as dramatic or melancholic. And sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. But just listening and understanding these experiences are valid and yeah. they happen on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Whether or not you choose to see them or not, it's super helpful. To help promote something like Peach Fuzz, it doesn't have to be Peach but Fuzz, but something of a similar brand is super important. Like, it's so important to have queer and marginalised artists on a platform for everyone to see. And that's all you can do. What I find really interesting in your um, bio is the end where it goes, we hope to document the modern queer experience with all its complexities and contradictions. Mm-hmm. I think I know I know what you mean by that, but can, yeah. can you explain? Yeah, I don't think... I think it's really easy as well to put marginalised voice into one narrative yeah. of being... Oh, like, whoa, it's so difficult. And, like, we're not denying these experiences are difficult whatsoever. But it's also important to notice that they can be, we, like, queer people, people of colour, any marginalised voice can be a bad person, they can be a good person, yeah. they can be interesting, they can be boring, they can be, they are human, before, like, they're human with all the complexities and contradictions that come with that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. making a fully realised three-dimensional person out of this voice is just as important as having the voice on the platform itself. Like, we will... 
promote any idea we can, providing it's not a heinous, horrible idea. But we want to make sure that we're not just get, making an echo chamber in Beach Fuzz as well, yeah. where it's the same ideas really over important. and over again, because yeah. that's not interesting to read. Yeah. It's not interesting to edit. On that note, um, can uh, you very quickly, Jay, tell us about how the listeners can grab a copy of Peach Fuzz, um, where you are on yeah. which platform? How, how much is it? Yes, so I'm going to get bullet through this. It's six ninety nine. You can buy it from our big cartel, which is peachfuzzthezine.bigcartel.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, which is peachfuzzthezine on Instagram. Please follow us on Instagram. And if you want to contribute, email us at peachfuzzthezine at gmail.com for our next issue, which we'll be announcing very, very shortly. Wonderful. Um, thank you very much, listeners, for tuning in to Very Loose Women um, here on Resonance FM. Thank you to our guest, Jay, so much. Thank you. Um, thank you to Christina for being Thanks, on. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christina. Um, you can follow us as ever on Twitter at VLW Radio and listen to previous episodes on acast.com forward slash Very Loose Women and on iTunes. Um, the song that we played at the start was by Mary Clark, Take Me, I'm Yours. The song that we will finish with is the icon herself, Madonna, and that's um, we'll be playing Hung Up. Um, Tune. Yeah, and next hey. week um, <laughs> you can join us to talk in conversation with the founder of the Vagina Museum, um, Florence Schechter. Um Thank you very much for listening and good night. Time goes by, so slowly, time goes by, so slowly, time goes by, so slowly, so slowly.